Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, my money-saving comrades. My name's Graham Clark, and I'm excited to be with you again this week on the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast. This is a podcast made by the Money Stepper Savings community for the Money Stepper Savings community. It's designed to help us all achieve the goals that we've set for the 2015 Savings Challenge and make that journey to financial freedom much more friendly and enjoyable. Are you ready? Let's get going. Money may not be able to buy you love, but conflicts about it can certainly bankrupt your relationship. Today's quote of the week comes from Michelle Singletary, a financial author and columnist in the US. And it's related to today's episode because today we have El Martinez with us, a participant in the Money Stepper Savings Challenge and the author and creator of CoupleMoney.com. It's already cropped up a couple of times in the Money Stepper Savings Challenge so far around whether people are doing this as a team with their partner or if they're doing it individually. And the responses have been a little bit different. So we explore that today a little with Elle. We also talk about her progress in the challenge so far up to the end of February. We talk about the February mini challenge and what she plans to do for the March mini challenge. She answers Kylie's question from the previous podcast and she sets another question for herself. And finally, we talk a little bit about her site and her podcast, which actually I have listened to since we recorded the uh, the interview, and I would recommend you all go and listen to it. It's, it's a really great podcast. And so hopefully there'll be something for everyone in this interview. Before we move on to the interview, I want to take a minute or so to introduce our new sponsor to this podcast. Now, I'm sure you're all very familiar with the idea of having sponsors on podcasts and we're introducing one onto the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast because dealing with all the submissions, creating all the results, recording this podcast, all that kind of things takes quite a lot of my time. So I think hopefully you won't mind too much me adding a sponsor into this show. But I wanted to add something that could add value to you and equally something that's added value to me in the past. So I sat down when I thought about the sponsor and I thought about what in the last couple of years has helped me progress the most on my money journey. And I think where I've progressed the most in the last couple of years is my understanding of property investment. 
And the majority of that development has probably come directly from the Property Podcast in the UK, which I started listening to from episode one. And since I am now a contributor on the Property Podcast uh, blog, on the Property Hub, and some of you guys might have even come over to the Challenge Yourselves from uh, either Rob at the Property Geek or Rob and Rob for the Property Podcast. So I got in touch with Rob Bentz, who runs a property investment company called RMP Property. Now, RMP Property is an investment property company which helps its clients source a below market value property and also helps them understand and to build a strategy for the future, define their goals and basically get a whole well-rounded property investment strategy. I've actually sat down with RMP in the past few weeks and I've done this myself and I met with John Evans from RMP and had a very fruitful meeting uh, with him regarding my own situation and I'll be working with RMP myself further in the future. So I'm proud to announce that RMP will be the sponsor for this podcast and they're also going to bring you something specific. To readers of Money Stepper and to listeners of the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast, RMP have created a specific checklist, a 10-point checklist to make sure that before you invest in property, you are in the correct financial situation. You have the understanding of of some integral things you need to, that you've defined your strategy as you should before you start getting involved with property. Now, this is a great resource for people who haven't yet started investing in property but equally for people who are just starting to invest now and for experienced investors alike for whom it's always good to have a refresher. So to get your hands on that 10 point checklist pdf just head on over to rmpproperty.com forward slash money stepper. That's a specific page for you guys where you can download that free PDF and equally, if you wish, you can set up a meeting at RMP Property to discuss your own personal goals and your own personal property investments. Now, that meeting has no obligation attached to it at all, but I found it incredibly useful to work through my own goals and my own strategy with a professional who does this on a day-to-day basis. So, long story short... (laughs) Thank you to RMP Property for sponsoring the podcast. If you want to get your hands on the checklist of 10 points to consider before you invest in property, then just head on over to rmpproperty.com forward slash money stepper. Also on that page, you can read about the benefits of setting up that meeting and you can organise either over the phone, over Skype or in their London offices a meeting with RMP. Great. So moving on to this week's episode, uh, we have our interview with Elle. Today, we welcome to the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast, Elle Martinez. Hi, Elle. Hi, how are you doing, Graham? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm doing pretty well this afternoon. Thank you. Excellent. We've got a slight time zone difference, as you always have. I'm recording this time in the UK instead of France, and Elle's on the East Coast. So afternoon there, and it's just getting dark here. But um, I'm sure that that won't impact the podcast too much, the distance over the Atlantic. Um, Can you tell us a bit about yourself, Elle? Who are you? Where did you come from? If you run any sites or any blogs or uh, anything else, can you let us know a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, my name is El Martinez, and I consider myself an East Coast girl. I was born in New York, uh, lived in Georgia, Maryland, Virginia, and now I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
I currently run both Couple Money, the blog, as well as the podcast. And I got started with uh, Couple Money because basically, you know, money can be a wedge in um, a lot of marriages, but I think it can also bring couples together. And I wanted to cover that intersection of not only improving your finances, but how can you build up your marriage as well? Um, yeah. Yeah. Most couples I know have, you know, completely different uh, personalities. Seems like opposites do attract. Uh, so it's, you know, merging the numbers, but also the personalities with it. Okay. And as, as far as the challenge goes, um, for you as a couple, are you in this together or do you have, um, is it you personally feel the money step of savings challenge or do you do, you do that as a couple? So yes and yes. Um, I... My personality is I am very uh, competitive. I love a challenge. It's something that I find motivating. So I'm usually the one that will look for these opportunities or start one. Uh, but once I discuss it with my husband, then we're both on board. Okay. So your husband says, oh, what have you found now, Elle? And you have to describe your new challenge that you found to him and, and off you go. <laughs> yes. He's he's pretty much gotten used to that. We've been married about eight and a half years. Um, so he's a really laid back person. And uh, once I get excited about something, he says it's contagious, which I hope he's not lying. <laughs> And uh, I have to say, I, uh, for my sins, I've not actually listened to the, the Couple Money podcast, but it's on my to-do list now for this evening um, to catch up on what you guys record. Is that something you and your husband record together or is that just you, Al? He actually has been on the show. Um, he's a shy guy. Um, and it's good if you want to start now. Um, I had no experience starting a podcast, so I think these newer episodes are definitely uh, much better than what I recorded okay. uh, last fall. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what I basically try to do with the podcast is talk to experts or people who have been through the trenches, so to speak, uh, with their finances and uh, their relationship and just kind of uh, see how they did it and how other couples can learn from it. That's fascinating. I'm due to get married at the end of May, so I think that's probably something I should listen to before I do that. That's oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, you definitely want to, um, you might want to check out the Money Chat uh, episode. You know, I actually interviewed my husband for that one. And um, basically, just long story short, when we got engaged and we talked about finances, I was surprised to find out that I had pretty much all the debt and he had none. So that was an awkward conversation. <laughs> and um, it, it worked out well. We're still married. Yeah. Uh, but during the interview, I actually found out what he really was thinking at that time. Uh, so that was an eye opener and a good laugh. Oh, interesting. I might have to do the same thing for pre-marriage uh, financial counseling before, <laughs> before we dive in. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and... Why did you want to join the Money Stepper Savings Challenge? What was your um, what was the instigation for that? I think the biggest one is our long term goals. Eventually, would um, is about having both of us have flexible uh, like work schedules. I currently work from home, and I watch our two little ones. Um, and my husband actually would like to do something similar, either contract work or having his own business. 
So to do that, we really wanted to get serious uh, about our finances. We have a lot of it automated, so we're covering the essentials, but we wanted to push ourselves. And when I saw that challenge, I felt like this is the perfect opportunity for us to step it up. Excellent. Do you have a time frame in mind for that when you're looking when he's looking to maybe move to the consultancy side? I think we would like to do it by the end of 2016. Um, our goal this year is to pay off our last non-mortgage debt and hopefully get a house with uh, lower housing expenses. Those are our two big goals for this year. Okay, excellent. So your your annual goals in the challenge that you set. Would you mind telling the audience what those were? Okay. Well, I decided to be a little ambitious and I was talking over with my husband. I said, you know, it is a challenge, so let's go for it. Uh, so for 2015, we are going to try to increase our net worth by 25% and have a 15% savings rate. Okay. So you say that's ambitious. That is that higher than you've you've achieved in the past or your goals have been set for in the past? Yes, it's um, higher. We've been doing it pretty uh, slow and steady, um, incremental changes. So for us, this is going to be uh, something pretty big. Okay, I think um, they're, they're especially ambitious, those goals, when you've got the expenses linked as well to having a newborn baby and a, another child in the house. So um, impressive stuff. Yes, that's definitely going to be one of the biggest obstacles is not just um, growing income in my business, but how do you do that while taking care of the little ones? Because that's the whole point for me working from home is at least to have some time uh, with the kids and balance work. Okay, that's interesting. That's going to be my next question as far as the obstacles and the goals, but you've already answered that. Um, oh. <laughs> what's how, what steps have you taken to, to be able to mitigate against that? Because I guess that's an obstacle you know is in the way. So how have you been able to address that? Well, originally while we were, um, while I was pregnant, I was looking at uh, daycare options, um, not full time, but maybe once a week. Uh, besides doing the podcast, I also have some other uh, recordings or like we're doing now having some chats on the phone and it would be easier if um, my kids were being taken care of. Mm. So I found out that in this area, it's kind of hard to get a full-time daycare, I mean, a part-time daycare situation. So right now we are trying to do like a sitter once or twice a week so I can take care of work and playing that by ear for the next uh, month or two. Okay. Is that difficult because it's hard to get part-time? Is it kind of an all-or-nothing thing? It seems to be what's typical around this area. And the ones where um, maybe they have open from home, they don't have any openings, which was my um, next uh, consideration. So we're just waiting. Uh, hopefully something might pop up or the sitter arrangement might work out. Okay. I hope it does. Good luck with it. Um, Thank you. So how did you, how are you getting on so far this year? How did you get on in February? So February was... Um, Actually, not a lot in terms of producing. It was a lot of planning. Um, what I'm trying to do, like I mentioned with uh, balancing work in the family, is I'm moving away from uh, clients and projects where there are tight and hard deadlines and a very fixed schedule, and I'm trying to actually take on more projects. So my goal for this year, um, one of them is with the podcast to hopefully get a sponsor 
and to increase the uh, income from that. And I'd also like to get uh, more projects like I have uh, with some of my clients where I have a weekly or a monthly deadline. Uh, So that would give me some flexibility. Okay, so try and build in some kind of fairly new streams of income there, but related to the things you're already already specializing in. Yes, I think that's probably going to be right now uh, the best way to go, especially since I talked over and we came up with these ambitious uh, uh, goals for the year. Okay, so I can see your results. Um, I've just pulled together. I've just spent the last couple of days pulling together everyone's results and publishing those. Um, and today... Uh, we're recording this podcast a week before, so today was I actually released the February results. I can see you results was 4.99% year-to-date on your net worth. Yes. So that puts you nicely above your goal, I guess. That's 25% divided by 12, about 4.8. Yeah, so you're slightly above above where you should be at the, at the moment. Um, how have you got there? What's helped you along the way to, to be ahead of your goal to this stage? Um, a lot of it is we're focusing on um, saving money, trimming down expenses. For me, I had signed up for a service called Digit. Um, they offer it, I think right now it's just the U.S., um, where I linked it to my personal account. And based on my spending and upcoming bills, it will slowly transfer out some money step by step. Uh, just bit by bit. And uh, that's, you know, trimmed down some of the expenses. Also, what I've done is um, focus on paying down some debts. We have uh, the student loan. That's our last non-mortgage debt. And we are also trying to uh, pay down the mortgage faster. Okay. So talking about digit then, I've not come across that before. That takes out, is it a predefined amount or is it a bit on top of your savings that you'd usually take out? How does that work? So um, it is different than a predefined um, transfer, which to me, that's what appealed. I was curious about it. Uh, They have an algorithm and they'll look at your spending over um, a course of, you know, several days. And then they might transfer $5 here or maybe $16. And uh, right now they don't earn any interest uh, I heard the company's looking to change that, but my main focus right now is just to get that savings done if I can trim the fat, so to speak. Um, and it does adjust. So I've seen um, small amounts and I've seen slightly larger amounts uh, every, you know, three, four days. Okay. So generally it's a small amount. It's the idea that you wouldn't notice it as such. You wouldn't, if it's a small amount coming out, it's kind of part of your normal spending. Is that the idea with it? Yes, that's the idea. So they said basically it's uh, you don't have to think about it, which writing about personal finance, I still do. I like to check on it. Um, and they'll do it a lot with uh, text. Uh, you get notifications that this is your balance for your checking account, and they will let you know how much they're transferring out, and then you can always pause it or stop it. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. I suppose if you've got another payment coming out, you don't want to miss your other payment because they've taken slightly too much out of your account. Yes. Um, well, it's an interesting service. I've not come across that before. Yeah, it, it seems fascinating. They also offer an overdraft guarantee, uh, which thankfully I haven't needed to use it. So that's good. That's a plus. <laughs> and uh, after that, you mentioned your student loans. So you're, you're focusing on paying off, you say, the last of those. Have you got a, you're hoping to pay that off this year? Yes. Uh, that is definitely something that we've had been paying down. We automate a lot of our finances. 
um, we were basically sending an extra payment every month and we'd like to increase that. Okay. Automating it does always make it a little bit easier, doesn't it? You don't seem to, it doesn't seem quite as painful when it's automated and it's already gone out of your account. I've certainly found that myself in the past. Yeah. And we found, um, like with a lot of couples, you just get so busy and you'll say, okay, well, I'll increase payments uh, later. I'll send an extra payment. And it's just easier to uh, set that up and uh, take care of it that way. Yeah, it's definitely too easy to put things off for the future, isn't it? So if you, <laughs> if you can set that up today, that's that's always going to be a good thing. And Elle, are you taking the March challenge? I've written about that. Yes, I am. Today. Okay, so um, the March challenge for anyone who doesn't know, we just finished the February challenge, which was to earn a new stream of income. And the March challenge is to change one small thing about yourself in order uh, to work towards self-improvement in some way. So an incredibly vague, uh, vague <laughs> challenge of set up there. Um, mine is uh, specifically listening to podcasts, which I do pretty much all day. And it was to kind of trim the fat on what I listen to. And I'm also going to listen at 1.5 times speed, which might be a bit tricky listening to myself because I do talk quite quickly. <laughs> and I've noticed that when I've listened to other people that obviously the speed at which people speak at already makes a big difference when you're listening at, at a quicker speed. Um, but so far it's been manageable. So, um, oh, great. What have you set up? What, have you, what are you going to try and do in March, Elle? Well, for March, I decided that I'm going to go vegetarian for one meal a day. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, better health-wise. Um, also, it will save us time and money because uh, we do have uh, weekly produce deliveries um, given to us. I mean, well, not given, but we pay for it and it comes to our house. And while we've been pretty good... Last year, I noticed that there were certain weeks where we didn't eat everything because we had no idea how to cook it right. or use it. Okay. Um, so that's a different, and that's a way for me to uh, step up my uh, recipes and cooking techniques. And also, like I mentioned, you know, being a mom, I want to be a good example. So we have a three-year-old, and she's starting to get into the picky phase, okay. and I'd like to counteract that. <laughs> no, that's a good idea. Um... I personally have seen that in the past that most of my waste when for food wise seems to come from vegetables. Um, I don't know if we just buy the wrong volume of them or I don't, again, there's not so many things that you think about when you're trying to cook them. Um, so that's, that's a really interesting idea. If you could leave a comment, Ellen, once we've finished, uh, to say how, see how you got on with that and see if that reduced your, your kind of waste from those, those weekly parcels. That'd be really interesting. Sure. Sure. So far it's been going pretty good. I think, um, like last week's box, we are completely out of, and we just got a new delivery this uh, this afternoon. Perfect. And have you learned any new recipes so far? Yes, and I'll put that in the comments. I discovered a new favorite. Okay. With turnips, believe it or not. Oh, <laughs> not sure how many people have a favorite meal with turnips in. <laughs> I was in the same boat. I kind of avoided them, but uh, this year, this I mean, I decided this is going to be different, and uh, they're not. They're not what I thought, depending on how you prepare them. Okay. And have you noticed a, a difference in your health? I suppose it's only a few days you've been trying it, but have you noticed any health benefits from that? Um, I wouldn't say anything drastic, but it is nice in the afternoon, like around this time and probably in the next hour. I haven't been feeling as tired. I don't need that extra cup of coffee. Cool. Okay. Um, so... 
moving on to a few more questions. What's the best piece of financial advice that you've um, that you've heard or you've read in the past few months? I actually um, heard it from a podcast recently. Uh, it was it was an interview with a let's see Farnoosh, uh, and it was like confessions of a terrible husband. And uh, he was interviewing her about uh, if one spouse earns more than the other. But uh, the piece of advice that kind of rang true to me was she said, uh, with your money, always have a purpose for it. And I think that is incredibly helpful. I mean, it sounds obvious, but it can be also powerful knowing that, no, I'm not just paying the bills, but uh, the money that we put into the joint accounts it's taking us one step closer to fulfilling a financial or a uh, personal goal of ours. It's incredibly powerful. Um, having an understanding of where each dollar goes and what that means to your long-term dreams and your goals is is one of the most powerful things, I think, when it comes to personal finance. it's People find it hard to save. They say saving's difficult, but if you know you're putting that, that money into a, either paying off debt or for a certain reason – not just to pay that debt off or not just to bulk up your savings account, but because in 10 or 15 time, years' time, it means you can do uh, something that you always wanted to do, then it's quite easy to, to start putting more towards those savings and those investments. Yeah, that's and that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the, the flip side of um, automation. Sometimes because you're automatically putting it in, you forget about it. So we try to like remind ourselves uh, we do like a, a money chat every month, just kind of make sure everything's going according to our plan. And, you know, even just talking about it, you know, over a glass of wine or uh, we homebrew or one of our beers, Okay. <laughs> and, you know, uh, why we're doing this, because you can lose focus. It's so easy to just consider it a bill mm-hmm. and uh, remember that, you know, money's just a tool trying to get you somewhere. Yeah. Well, I think that's great advice. I, I still think that might be an elaborate excuse just to have a glass of wine or a, <laughs> or a glass of homebrew. Well, if you're going to talk about money, you should have fun with it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so what comes out of those chats other than what you mentioned earlier as far as your vision for how you'll work in the next few years? What's your longer-term financial dream? I, um, I personally would like to volunteer more. Um, I do... Uh, projects maybe um, locally or, you know, with my congregation, maybe helping out, um, you know, some some of the friends and members there that might need assistance. Uh, and I, my mom's also a teacher, so sometimes a project will come up or a student needs help, uh, and I'll do what I can. But I'd like to have that be a bigger part of my, uh, my life. And I think if we can simplify and take care of this debt, uh, we'll have more options, more flexibility to do that. Yeah, a huge part of, of being able to give generously to others is to have the time to do so, isn't it? So when you when you need to work eight, ten hours every day to be able to have that income to to pay down interest on loans or or other other parts of your financial expenses, then that really restricts that time. So I can see how those two things are very tightly linked between getting that debt sorted out and getting the moving towards uh, kind of financial freedom and, and being able to give more. Yeah. And, and again, it does get uh, back to, uh, you know, that flexibility because uh, I don't have an exact like 
plan what my day to day, but I know I would just like to have that option, you know, and try out different things and experiment. Awesome. Great. Um, and obviously you listen to some podcasts yourself and you record your own podcast. Is there any other, uh, usually we ask our, our people for resources, but are there any other podcasts you'd recommend specifically? I would say if anyone is, uh, engaged or they're married, one of the better, um, conversations, it's actually called better conversations. Uh, it's a podcast, uh, on marriage and money with, um, Derek and Carrie Olson. Uh, they're, they're fantastic. It's again, getting back to, you know, you have two different personalities, but how do you respect each other and build up your marriage while, you know, working on your finances? Superb. Okay. We'll link to that in the show notes, better conversations. We'll have a link straight through to that. Okay. Is everything okay there? I can hear in the background a bit of noise. <laughs> so I, I have a six-week-old right now, but she just uh, just turned over a little bit. She's still napping, so we're good. <laughs> That's good. We'll carry on. Excellent. Um, this is a, a wonderful example of multi uh, multitasking going on here, I think. <laughs> I, I'm very thankful so far they have been uh, sleeping quite well during this uh, chat. But that's something that um, I have to figure out. And uh, hopefully we'll have a uh, permanent solution um, in a month or two. Super. Well, we'll wrestle through these last two questions and then, uh, and then we can wrap up. <laughs> so we've got a question which was posed by Kylie Ackers, who was on our last uh, podcast, mm-hmm. session 11. And the idea with these is that each guest, they ask a question which they want ask, answered by the rest of the community. Um, and then the next podcast guest answers that question and sets one of their own for the following guest. So Kylie's question was, um, where do you keep your cash in the short term? When you plan to use it for spending or investments in the next 12 to 24 months. So Kylie does a a fair amount of property investment and she has uh, money which she sets aside with a specific spending target being a year or or two down the line. And uh, her problem is she doesn't want to sitting in the bank earning 0%, but at the same time, she doesn't want to put it into the markets where it could lose all of its value. So do you have any suggestions or any ideas for Kylie? Well, uh, that is... That is really tough um, because for us, while, yeah, the interest rates aren't great, uh, we do a lot of our short-term cash for Capital One. Uh, we put it in there since it's one of the better rates here in the States for us. But we don't keep as much because the rates are low. Uh, we've kind of used the low rates as motivation for um, paying down debt and uh, investing for our IRAs and 401ks. I think that's a, a good place to do. I think the key with, with any response to that is that it, it depends on what your plan is for the next 12 to 24 months and then finding something that's specifically suited. So for you that you have um, a goal there to pay down more of that debt while the, while the rates are very low or to contribute to your, to your pension pots. For Kylie, if she's planning for that investments in the next 12 to 24 months, then maybe she could look towards those specific accounts, like you mentioned, the capital one there that at least pays some interest. Mm-hmm. Was guarantee in the capital, um, but it's yeah, it's an incredibly difficult question. Sorry for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. I mean, I mean, there's definitely um, sites. I'm not sure like how much time she wants to invest in, but I do know there's people that uh, shuffle their money around um, with the different uh, bank accounts to see if they can uh, earn a little bit of extra cash. I know, like Go Banking Rates is one of those sites where they just list 
uh, what's out there. Yeah, I've seen that on both sides of the Atlantic. You have current accounts definitely that offer very healthy introductory rates or they offer very good interest rates up to a certain limit, up to the first thousand or two thousand, three thousand uh, pounds or dollars. Mm -hmm. And after that, it falls down to zero. So I think that is a becoming a more common practice to try and move your money around a little bit around these different these are different accounts in order to maximize the extra, the interest rates that are on offer. And do you have a question, Al? Do you have a question for the rest of the Money Stuffer audience to answer? Well, I was thinking about it and uh, I am curious um, for the audience basically is uh, what, what have they found is easier for them um, in terms of like saving and increasing their net worth is it cutting their expenses, say, by half, or is it uh, growing their income maybe by, like, 25%? Okay. I know, you know, some people are unlimited on income. Some people um, basically are to the bone with their budget. They're pretty much optimized. But I was just curious to see where people fall in the challenge. What's that's, easier for them? That's a great question. I, I've answered that myself on a, on a podcast elsewhere. And obviously, the fir, at first, it's a little bit easier, I think, to cut back on expenses. And after that, it becomes slightly easier to earn more income. Because obviously, you can't cut any more than 100% of your expenses. Whereas in theory, you could increase your income by more than 100%. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where the rest of the community are without the rest of the, the participants in the in the savings challenge. I might actually set up a poll if I can work out how to do that. <laughs> uh, that'd be great because we've, I mean, we're, we're still trying to find ways, you know, to trim our expenses. Um, but, you know, we're at the point where we're pretty close to optimize. Mm. So now it's the other end, which is, you know, growing it and how do you, you know, figure out how to do that. Okay. Well, if I'm technically gifted enough, I'll try and set up a, <laughs> a, a vote on the website that's between... Uh, where do people? Where's people's primary focus? Is it on uh, trying to earn more income or trying to reduce their expenses? Yeah, that that'd be great. I'm great question, Al. Thank you. Thank you. Rightio. Um, well, I think that wraps us up for this week. Hopefully, that the nice little nap they've had in the background will keep them uh, nice and happy for the rest of the afternoon. Yes, I hope so too. <laughs> uh, thanks for your time, Al. Thanks for chatting, and uh, I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Take care. I hope you have a great evening. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks. Bye. Great. What a great interview that was with Al. Um, we talk about a lot of stuff there. I will add into the show notes everything we've discussed. A link through to Digit, a link through to the Better Conversations podcast, through to Elle's podcast and the Couple Money website and everything else that we've discussed in that interview. Okay, before we wrap up, uh, I'll share with you, as we do every week, a good feeling news article. So much doom and gloom in the world, it's always nice to have something uh, to cheer us up. And today's is from the Huffington Post, which you can find in the show notes as well. And it's a good news article about a footballer who's done something nice. No, really. Um, the headline is soccer player dons Spider-Man mask after scoring a goal, dedicating celebration to boy with cancer. So it's a player in the German Bundesliga playing for Hertha Berlin against Schalke. 
He scored a goal and in his celebration he put on a Spider-Man mask. No one really was sure why. And later on in an interview he said that he he understood that it was a strange way to acknowledge the goal. Uh, but it was part of a promise that he'd made to an eight-year-old boy named Yannick who he met earlier in the week who had cancer. He had an interview with ESPN, which you can read and see the interview that he gave to ESPN saying why he did that. So I'm sure that made the the boy feel pretty good in a difficult time for him. Ben Hatira, the name of the footballer, said, uh, even though he is a little man, he fights like Superman against his illness. Yannick puts bravery on another level and I'm impressed by his will and strength. So head on over, have a look at the interview and, and the celebration. It's It's quite touching. Okay, and that is us for this week. As ever, if you haven't already, please leave an iTunes or a Stitcher review. Help me up those rankings. I think I'm still languishing down in the high 80s or 90s, and I'm trying to get into the top 25. If you can share the podcast with any friends, if you're finding this useful, or equally, if you can leave that review and rating, it will really help boost uh, my position on the charts there. And as ever... Keep on climbing. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.